Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Religion would not even be an issue except for the Bible. Before we get carried away, let's read our Bibles now. I can assure you there are millions of Christians who do not take parts of the Bible literally. Forfeit all claims to your own authority. Stand without apology on the only authority that matters, which is the authority of God Himself entrusted to us in His Word. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And that's only half true, at least for today. Hey, this is Jimmy Hicks, and it is Witness Wednesday here at Wretched Radio. Todd and team are out on the campus of Kennesaw State University today looking for students to chat with. Of course, sharing Christ is at the core of Witness Wednesday, but sitting down, listening, and having conversations is something young people are searching for. They really want to be heard, and they're also willing to listen to what you have to say. So let's check in now with Todd out at Kennesaw State University. It is a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Who would have expected to bump into an ambassador? This is Ambassador Hassan. Welcome to the United States. Where are you from, Hassan? Uh, I'm from Pakistan. Thank you for welcoming me. And you are an ambassador. Yeah, basically I'm here as a cultural ambassador of Pakistan. Cool. So I would like for you to tell me the best thing about living in Pakistan. Uh, the best thing is about the hospitality of people. Like people, they are really, uh, you know, there's a lot of hospitality in people. And the best stuff that I love about is the landscapes of Pakistan. Like we have like second highest peak in the world, K2. And if you go to the northern areas, there's a lot of mountain tourism and trekking. Yeah. I, you know what? I have to confess, I have not heard about the beauty, yeah. but I have heard about the hospitality. Yeah. It's world famous that y'all are very hospitable. Yeah. You feed people well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are going to visit Pakistan, uh, you might not have to even spend a penny because, like, uh, you would be our guest there. Right. No, yeah. I've, I, I've, I've heard that. Okay. Is it a capitalistic system? Yeah, sort of capitalistic. Sort of. Yeah, because uh, I don't know very much about economics. So, you know, it tries to modify Islamic system with capitalism. So it's somewhere in between. Okay. So it's an Islamic country. Yeah, it's an Islamic country. Is everybody there a Muslim? Majority. Majority is Muslim. Is it the religion that you are born into or do you as an individual decide that's the faith for me? Uh, that's the religion I was born into. Sorry, I dropped it. Yeah. Yeah, I was born into that religion. So is everybody born into it? Oh uh, no, they're like minorities. Some people are like Christians, Hindus, like uh, other than like Muslims. Majority people are like Christians or Hindus, but they're in minorities as compared to Muslims. Tell me the difference between Islam, Christianity, and Hinduism. So the basic difference between Islam and Christianity is like uh, Christians believe Jesus was the Son of God. And uh, Muslims believe uh, they were not the son of God. Uh, he was just a prophet. And Hindus believe in like multiple gods. But the, like the basic principles, to be honest, the basic principles of every religion is same. Like you have to be good to the pu- uh, people. Humanity is above all everything. And you have to be nice. So like basic principles are same. They are just a set of beliefs about God, which are different. That's, that's not bad. The only the only thing that I might disagree with yeah. is that the differences aren't big yeah, exactly. because you mentioned Christians believe that Jesus is God. Muslims do not. That's a big difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like 
if you talk about how we should live our lives it's uh, those principles those are same in every religion but you know the perception of god is different in every religion well yeah that's true but perception and belief aren't quite the same thing nor is reality the same as perception the question yeah. isn't how do i perceive but what is actually true yeah. right yeah. so tell me because i'm a christian yeah. how come muslims do not believe that jesus is god uh we believe like uh god did not have any son or like that like uh, you guys have like a belief in true spirit and he had son right so we do not believe like uh he had any son we believe that he was a miracle like uh, he was born from mary right uh, without any father so we believe he was born through a miracle and it was a miracle of course uh, for us we allah and for, it's the same thing for you but you call him by different name so that's the thing we consider him the prophet of god not the son of god right okay so let me just get that straight yeah. you said that muslims believe that jesus was a miracle birth yeah. through mary but no father so did jesus have a father no so how did how did that conception happen for us for according to muslim belief it was through a miracle all right and as you have you read the new testament nope not much i have like heard a little bit about it but i have not like read completely about it does the quran tell you as a muslim to look at the new testament and the old testaments as holy books yes it tells us like uh, we are supposed to respect uh, all the testaments and like bible yeah so i'm wondering then because of all of the verses that do talk about jesus being god how how do you not then believe that jesus is god okay so like we have this belief like it's mentioned in quran the way that bible was revealed from the god it has been modified with time like it got changed and then people added according sorry if i find you in any way uh, but according i'm just telling you the islamic belief so with time it got modified and people changed it and it's not in its original form so that's why uh, those verses are not as true as the ones revealed by the god okay what do you have an original form to compare current bibles with to know that they have mistakes uh i don't know about it i have no idea cuz wouldn't wouldn't you need an original to make the claim yeah. that these are incorrect yeah yeah you're right but you don't have one of those uh i don't know much about like bibles uh you have to tell like there are is it true that there are different versions of bible too well define version what do like, you mean is there like if you talk about quran the quran is same all around the world like we have like some quranic verses from like 1400 years ago and they are still the same like the uh, quran does not even have any translation the real quran is just in arabic right. so yeah that's the thing uh, that's the uh, muslims believe that bible was translated in different languages and like so like when you're translating some uh, something in different language and something like that so it goes change with time mm-hmm. what if though cuz 
I mean, so this bench, this we're just sliding into each other, and it's not that I don't like you, but it's just yeah. a little. <laughs> we're right. just getting a little cozy here. Yeah. All right, so you're right. There are translations into English, yeah. just like you speak. What language is your native tongue? Urdu. But you and I are communicating in English. Yeah. That's just a translation. It's just yeah. a different language. Yeah. But what if there were Greek? manuscripts very close to the actual writing of the new testament like say 6200 of them mm -hmm. making it the most authenticated book in antiquity would that information do anything for you yeah that's like a uh, great information for me like it was new for me question in islam what happens to well let's just say everybody when they die oh uh, yeah it's the same as christianity like there would be a day of resurrection you believe right yeah so like there would be a day of uh resurrection there would be like a day of judgment and uh good people would go to heaven and the sinners would go to hell it's the same um well not exactly the same okay. the concept is similar mm -hmm. I, I think in islam you're right good people potentially go to paradise other people they get punished by allah is that correct yes yes christianity is a little bit different christianity actually says nobody has earned heaven nobody does good no not one so you're not good enough i'm not good enough all of these people are not good enough to go to heaven because god is holy and righteous and just that means he must punish lawbreakers. He must punish those who commit crimes against him. So Christianity says, actually, there's nobody who's good who gets to go to heaven. All right. Now, what else does Christianity teach about what it takes to go to heaven? Uh, I have no idea. Like what it takes. Jesus, son of God. You're right born of a virgin it, it was a miraculous conception and jesus christ was sinless he never broke any of god's laws and as the son of god and son of man he died on a cross he was taking the punishment for sinners he was taking the wrath that people who break god's laws deserve they've incurred they've earned that wrath but jesus took it for them so in other words you and i have broken god's laws but jesus paid the fine so that we can go to heaven not because we're good people but because we're forgiven people so we go based on his merits not our own okay yeah i i knew a little bit about this part like uh he was like punished for hours since i knew about this part and stop i'm doing the thing that i really don't like to do interrupt the conversation but i promise i'll make it quick we'll be right back with more of todd and hassan from pakistan hang tight it's a witness wednesday on wretched radio how's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home would you please visit medishare dot com slash wretched affordable biblical health 
sharing Christians, paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Who doesn't like road trips? Buckle up and get ready because we are back for Road Trip to Truth Season 12. That's friends for three. I know you didn't know how cultured I was, but this isn't about me. It's about Road Trip to Truth and host John Fabares, who are back with an all-new season, tackling topics like the existence of aliens, the authenticity of the Bible, the true purpose for sex, the effects of social media, bumper sticker philosophy, what does it mean to be a woman, what does it mean to be a man, justice, and many other topics. 13 episodes to be exact with experts like Dr. Jason Lyle, Dr. Paul Twist, Nate Pickowitz, Alan Parr, Tom Hammond, and a lot more. So get ready for twists and turns and truth on the road trip to truth. Season 3 with host John Fabares. It's available now at wretched.org or roadtriptotruth.org. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Books of the Bible. Esther is the story of a Jewish woman who becomes Queen of Persia. After a plot to destroy the Jews is uncovered, Esther risks her life to save her people. She appeals to the king who kills the conspirators and allows the Jews to defend themselves. When you face persecution, remember God is able to save his people through all kinds of circumstances. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we're back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. And when we left Todd, he and Pakistani Ambassador Hassan were discussing Islam and Christianity and the major differences in the two religions. So let's now get back to the campus at Kennesaw State University. This is Wretched Radio. So tell me, in Islam, how good do you have to be to get to paradise? Oh, uh, there's like, uh, yes. So there are two things, like there are rights of God and then there are the Islamic concept. There are rights of God and there are like rights of humans. So if you like hurt any other human being or do harm to them, so God won't forgive you 
uh, until and unless that person forgives you in this world, within this world. Mm. If the person has uh, forgiven you, uh, God will not like punish you for that. But if the person has not forgiven you, so you would be punished for that and Allah won't be forgiving you for that case. But if you have like broken some of the uh, God's right, like you haven't prayed to him or something like that. So it's up to God, like he might or he might not forgive depending upon the situation. So if your goods are bad, uh, more than the, your bad things, you would go to heaven and otherwise you would go to hell. Hassan, let me ask you a question about yeah. justice. Yeah. You believe that if somebody breaks a law, yeah. they should pay some sort of a fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so in Islam, yeah. those those failings, those crimes that you commit against people and against Allah, yeah. how how is justice ever satisfied? Like I told you, like if you have committed a crime against a person, you would be punished for that. Even if like you would be punished for that until unless that person does not forgive you. But if it's for Allah's crime that you know like crime against Allah's rights, so it would be like a comparison. So Allah would forgive you if your your good deeds are more than like your bad deeds. So the good deeds pay for the bad stuff. Uh yes, if in case of Allah's rights. Uh, look, I told you, like, there are uh, two types of rights, God's rights and people's rights. So, like, if I harm you in any way, if I, like, steal you or something, if I, like, uh, uh, do harm to you for no reason. So, I won't be going to heaven until I haven't, uh, and you don't forgive me. So, I won't be going to heaven until I have uh, paid the, like, punishment for it. You know what I'm trying to say? So if I had uh, like uh, done something wrong to Allah, so it would be like, yes, comparison of like good deeds and bad deeds. So I'm curious, tell me what you think. In American jurisprudence, in the American court system, if somebody broke the laws and they stood in front of a judge yeah. and the judge knew they were guilty, yeah. but the criminal said, your honor, I've done good things. Yeah. What would the judge say to that criminal? Uh, yeah. That's a little bit different. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, imagine if the if you have done something wrong to the judge, okay, and judge does not want to file a case against you, then what? Uh, I've still done wrong. I've still done harm, whether he chooses to prosecute me or not. You have done wrong to like, okay, let me change the scenario a little bit. So you do something wrong to someone, and then you go to them and you like tell them uh, that I have, I am like, I have been, uh, I have been doing some good deeds and that person does not want to file a uh, case against you. Well, would that be like unjust of that person or would he be like forgiving? Well, justice would not have taken place. There wouldn't have been a transaction of justice. Justice means righting a wrong correcting what has been done, paying for what you've done against somebody else. Okay, okay. Okay, I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm just curious in Islam and man, what is with this bench? It's like it like, slides like, to yeah, the center. Yeah. All right. In in Islam, you have to do good to make up for the bad. Does the Quran tell you how much good you have to do to make up for say lusting or looking at pornography or thinking a hateful thought yeah uh, like you talked about lusting and pornography 
So these are not the sins uh, that you are doing against Allah. Like these are the people's sins, right? Because you are hurting, you can hurt other person or something like that. So, you know, these are like major sins. So you would be punished for this. So like uh, there's nothing like uh, there no good deeds can like undo these uh, deeds. You would be first punished for these deeds and then you would like go to heaven. Right, so I'm, I'm curious, Asan. Personally, how confident are you that your good deeds are going to outweigh your bad? Uh, I'm telling you, I would be like telling you the Islamic way. So one should always uh, expect the good from the God. And that there's no like comparison that I have done this good deed and then I have done this bad deed. So one should always be like have optimistic approach, believe in God. And then he should always like ask for for his uh, forgiveness. So you cannot tell until that day of uh, rejection. So that's why you have always try your best. Like try not to do any sin or something like that. And just like uh, try your best and then ask for forgiveness. But how confident are you? You've been living good enough. I'm not a very practicing Muslim to be honest. Well, you're not. But you, you know the religion. Yeah, I know. That's fascinating. See, now I would have just assumed, by the way you're talking, that you that you practice. You say, why don't you practice Islam? Uh, I don't know. Like, just I don't feel like it, so I'm not like very good at it. So, in Pakistan, I'm curious: is it required that you do the Hajj, pray multiple times a day? Is that a requirement there? An expectation? It's just like uh, it's totally up to you. Hajj or Hajj is like totally it's up to you. Uh, state doesn't have to do anything with it. Like it's not a requirement from anyone. It's totally about your belief. If you want to do it, you will do it. Otherwise, like it's considered a good thing. Like in a society or like people respect those who like pray or perform the Islamic uh, duties. Uh, otherwise, it's not a compulsion or some sort of like, you know, compulsion from anyone or Anything. What would you say is the breakdown in Pakistan between those who practice Islam and those who do not? Sorry, I did not understand your question. How many people, what is the percentage of people in Pakistan who practice Islam versus folks like you? There would be like majority who practice. Real, oh, really? Okay, so you're an exception. Uh, not really an exception, but yeah, like... Uh, people are less like for people. Uh, people like me are less. Okay. Yeah. All right. So as you sit here on this bench, which keeps, you know, this this must yeah. just be for like a boy and a girl because yeah, it's like, just trying to bring yeah. people together here. So, do you believe that God exists? Yeah, I believe God exists. So if that's true, then wouldn't you be concerned about being judged by Allah? Uh, that's what I always believe. Like one should always be good to other people. Like my personal belief is that you should not be harming people. You should not be doing any harm. You should not be doing something uh, that would harm your soul or something like that. But uh, like when it comes about like praying and something like that. So I get lazy in that sort of stuff. So that's the reason I'm not a very practicing Muslim. So yes, if, uh, uh, remember like I tell you, like I believe that God is all forgiving. So if you are not doing harm to anyone or yourself, uh, you would be like forgiven. 
Here's a quote from Jesus, and I do believe the Quran would cite this as being actually what he said. He said, you have heard it said of old, thou shall not murder. But I say, if you're angry with somebody, unjustly angry, then you're in danger of judgment that you've committed, if you will, murder in your heart. So even if you haven't like punched somebody in the nose, if you don't love them, if you hate them, that's like committing murder in the heart. Have you ever been angry with anybody? Yeah, I am like, but I try not to be like, I have like this philosophy. Like I try to understand things from the other person's perspective. I just try to understand why the other person is doing something like which would make me angry. So like if you try to understand uh, things from the issues, it gets easier for you to understand like why they are doing something and not to be mad at them. I I have been like, I'm not going to like that. I'm a Jesus or something like that. But yeah, I have been mad, but I try not to. Here's another one from Jesus. He said, you've heard it said of old, thou shall not commit adultery, being intimate with somebody outside of marriage. But I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Would you be innocent or guilty of that? Uh, It's the same in Islam. Same in Islam. Okay. So um, what about lying? Same. Same. Honoring your parents? Same. Um, not taking anything that belongs to you, not stealing. Stealing, yeah, same. Have you done any of those things? Sometimes, maybe. Lying, yes. Yes, I have done. Okay. I have done, like, uh, to be honest, I have done some sins, yeah. Okay, all right, stop. We've got to stop just a second because, so, well, you know, I just didn't feel like you were irritated enough with me, so I thought, well, let me interrupt the conversation. That might do the trick. <laughs> Hang tight. We've got to take this break, but when we return, Todd and Hassan will continue their chat at Kennesaw State University, and I feel like the gospel is getting close. Stay tuned. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Kroger has agreed to pay $180,000 to settle a lawsuit that involved two employees who say they were fired for refusing to wear LGBT-themed aprons due to their religious beliefs. According to the suit, the grocery store in question, located in Conway, Arkansas, engaged in religious discrimination when it disciplined and ultimately fired the employees for refusing to wear an apron with the company's Our Promise symbol because they believed it represented support for the LGBTQ community. Kroger denies the allegations, though they agreed to pay $180,000 and create a religious accommodation policy and provide enhanced religious discrimination training to store management. But they deny the allegations. Well, a new survey by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University found that fewer people are taking their traditional moral values from biblical principles. The study found that 71% of American adults claim to support traditional moral values, including integrity, justice, kindness, non-discrimination, trustworthiness, free expression, property ownership, individual growth, and self-control. However, less than half of adults who hold those values consider biblical morality a core value. (laughs) But I'm finding it hard to wrap my mind around that one because I would argue, and I think the majority of you would agree as well, that these moral values they're holding to are rooted in biblical morality, whether they know it or not. 
But then we have this other new study from Pew Research that says nearly half of Americans believe that the United States should be a Christian nation. 45% of Americans want the country to be a Christian nation, six, with 6 in 10 respondents saying that the U.S. founders originally intended for the country to be a Christian nation, and 33% saying America currently is a Christian nation. So nearly half of Americans believe that the U.S. should be a Christian nation, but then nearly half of American adults don't consider biblical morality as a core value. Yeah, I know I combined those two surveys, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Well, you had to know it was coming, and I'm sure some people did know it was coming, but a documentary about the sex scandal that helped lead to the downfall of former Liberty University President Jerry Falwell Jr. has launched on Hulu. And that's all I need to say about that. And quickly, you may remember last summer, Canadian pastor Tim Stevens was arrested multiple times because he continued to lead his church in worship despite Canada's lockdown rules. Well, now more than a year later, which included 21 days in jail, Pastor Stevens was vindicated as he was acquitted of charges related to those health violations. Hopefully, that's just the tip of the iceberg for religious freedom in Canada. Hopefully. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called God and Savior. If Jesus were only human, His death could not have paid our debt. But Jesus is both man and God, able to represent us, yet able to bear the wrath of the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back. It is a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd and team are out on the campus today where we've been listening to Todd chat with Hassan from Pakistan. So now let's return to the campus and that conversation at Kennesaw State University. This is Wretched Radio. All right. So let me let me leave you with a thought. If God is indeed just, he can't just forgive those things because that's unjust yeah yeah, exactly that's what i said like if i'm lying i'm lying to someone i won't be forgiven by god until either that person forgives me or i get punishment for it yeah but see i i don't even understand how somebody forgiving you forgives it in the eyes of god there's the issue of justice so just just a thought for you if as you're sitting here not a practicing muslim if the laws of god start to feel heavy on you like Uh uh-oh, I'm going to be in trouble here, and I will be paying for my crimes. Just remember what the Christian religion teaches. Jesus Christ offers complete forgiveness, not your works, but his righteousness credited to your account because he took the punishment that justice demands, but he also lived a perfectly righteous life, and he credits that to those who repent and put their trust in him exclusively. The yoke that's on your back, the burden that you have of carrying around your sins, totally lifted off, completely removed, slate wiped clean, but also the goodness of Jesus is credited to Hassan's account so that you can not only be forgiven, but can be the righteousness of God in Christ. I knew like a little bit about it, but you have told me like, you know, like I just knew that summary and you have like explained everything. Uh, that's really good of you. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, it's funny. That's like the, really the center of our faith. Yeah. 
A lot of people don't even seem to know it who call themselves Christians. And just another thought, Hassan, even if you look at people who do not believe in God, they would tell you that the New Testament is accurate because you'd have to ask yourself the question, why in the world would people change something to make Jesus God when all that can do is get them persecuted or punished or killed? There wouldn't really be a motive for that. There would have to be a pretty grand conspiracy to pull that off with as many manuscripts as there are. Yeah, I I, I can understand. Like, uh, it's good that if you're like, uh, you're like preaching your religion, right? Uh, but yeah, it's totally up to everyone whether they want to. Now, it's interesting. I wouldn't expect you to be postmodern. Do you know what that is? No. Nope. Right. In the pre-modern era, yeah. people basically believed a deity existed in the West. It was basically Christianity. So you just did what you were told. No questions asked. God exists. That's the end of it. The modern era came about the time of the Renaissance. Let's call it the 1400s, give or take, the age of reason and science and empiricism. And we decided, no, God doesn't exist. We human beings have this figured out and we can test everything and ultimately logic and reason our way to a truthful understanding of reality. It didn't last for all that long because now we have something called postmodernism. And that's the belief that nobody can know for sure about anything. And your truth is just as valid as my truth, even when they contradict. That's postmodernism. Yeah. Do you think you're a postmodern? It sounds like you might be. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, I am. So I, under, I understand different people have different beliefs yeah. because you get to yeah. believe whatever you want to. But can I believe anything I want to and actually make it true? I can understand what you, where you are taking this conversation here. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's not the intensity of my faith. It's the object of my belief. It's either true or false, yeah. right? It's true or false. Yeah. Congratulations, you're not a postmodern anymore. You just backslid <laughs> into at least modernism. The thing that I talked about, like, it's like up to them. They can believe whatever they want. Our job is only to tell people what is right or wrong, right? Now, if they believe in it or not, it's up to them. The only thing we can do is like we can tell them and what is right and wrong, what we believe is right or wrong. So like we cannot like forcefully make them do, uh, believe things because you believe things from your heart. So unless you're not going to believe something, uh, the other person cannot do anything. But what I meant to say earlier was that uh, like you are preaching, so you're doing a great job by telling people about your religion, right? We're just chatting on a bench that's cave toward the center. Yeah. yeah, that's all. So you then as an ambassador wouldn't try to persuade people to become a Muslim. Nope, I won't. All right. Well, now you know the Christian gospel. It's called the good news yeah. that Jesus died for sinners yeah. and it's available to everyone. Yeah. Whether you grew up in Pakistan or Pennsylvania, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's a free forgiveness because God is loving and good and kind and merciful and long-suffering he's patient and he's good but he's also just so he's not going to let criminals get away with anything not just murder lying it doesn't make it he's going to make sure that there is a reckoning but god loves to forgive sinners even guys like you and like me and he can because of the work of his son, Jesus Christ. God didn't have a baby. Jesus always existed. And if you read the New Testament, yeah. you'll, you'll read that. He claimed to be God 
a lot. All right. So you could be forgiven, too, even as somebody who comes from Pakistan. God is willing to be merciful to you, a sinner. Yeah, I, I totally agree on that. God is like, like, at least we have the same God. There's at least something common between us. Well, here's what Jesus said. Yeah. All right. In the Gospel of John, he talked about if you don't believe in him, yeah. you don't have the Father either. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because Jesus is God. He is the, the physical manifestation of God. So if I want to know what God is like, I look at Jesus and I know what God is like. Because God is not, he didn't give birth to a baby Jesus. Jesus Christ became flesh because he's actually God himself. So we believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? Because Jesus made it clear that he's God. Right. Okay. So, lots to think about, perhaps, Ambassador. Yeah. You've been very, very cool. I learned something about Pakistan. What would be your closing thought about this entire conversation? Uh, it was a great conversation. Like, I learned a lot about Christianity. Uh, you taught me a lot about your, like, beliefs. And at least I have a way of understanding things from a different perspective. Like, I would try to think stuff from a different perspective, yeah. All right, dude, thanks. Thank you, Very man. much. Thank Appreciate you, it. Yeah. Really appreciate All right. It. You know, I would say that encounter was a fruitful encounter because I think we heard things that were learned at both sides of the conversation. Hassan shared things about Islam that I know I haven't heard before, and we obviously heard him say at the end there that some of the things that Todd shared about Christianity, he had never heard before. So it was a fruitful encounter, but not all of them are that way when you're talking with someone of a different religion. And if you've ever been in an encounter with someone that is Muslim or someone that is of a different religion, then you know what I'm talking about. Those conversations can sometimes be tricky. And I think we can attribute that to something that Hassan said early on in that conversation. If you remember, he said that Islam was a religion that he was born into. And we see that also with Hindus and Buddhists. Those are religions that people are born into. Christianity, on the other hand, is a little bit different. We know people can be born into Christian homes and Christian families, but that doesn't save us. And we know and realize that as Christians, but I'm bringing that up for a reason. I think before we engage someone of a different religion like Islam, I think it's a good idea for us to be prepared. That's not saying don't share the gospel with someone that you encounter if they happen to be from a different religion. Obviously, if there's a door open to share the gospel with someone, no matter who they are or what they believe, share the gospel with that person. But I also want to recommend a couple of things that can help better equip you for those conversations. First, Drive-By Theology with Todd and Steve Lawson. That, that's a resource that will help give you a quick, pithy understanding of Christian theology. Know what you believe and why you believe it. And when you do that, you will be better prepared for the inevitable questions that are going to come at you when you talk to people of different religions. Also, I recommend Drive-By False Teaching. Todd, Phil Johnson, and Mike Fabares cover a pretty wide range of false teaching and other religions. So the more you know about what other religions believe, the better prepared you're going to be to share the gospel with them. But also, I have two other resources I want to recommend to you, and these might be a little bit different for you. Sometimes, actually a lot of times, evangelizing can get a little bit dicey. And it's not that you're going out looking for conflicts and issues with people, but sometimes they're going to come up. It's going to happen, especially when you're talking to people of other religions. So I think you would do well to prepare yourself 
before those times. And to do that, I recommend that you pick up a copy of Conflict with Todd and Dr. John Street. It's a video on DVD form that you can find in the Wretched Store. But also there's a book that I recommend that you pick up there as well. It's called The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. Like I said, and like most of you know, conflict is going to come up when we're witnessing. It also comes up in our life. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And so resources like this will help to equip you with the biblical ways that you should be responding to conflict. So I recommend that you pick those up. Yeah, it's a cheap plug, but pick them up. Drive by Theology, Drive by False Teaching, Conflict, and The Peacemaker. They're all available right now in the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Okay, stay with us. We're not finished yet. More witnessing straight ahead and still to come. This is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. 2022 has brought incredible growth to Wretched and Gospel Partners Media, and we have no plans of slowing down in 2023. And we invite you to join us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. Please remember Wretched as 2022 draws to a close, and we begin a new year and new opportunity to share the amazing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free and loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the uh, literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. I could spend the next few seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio can be heard on over 800 radio stations or that the Wretched Radio podcast has had over 5 million downloads in the last year. Instead, I'll let you share things with more eternal value. The Lord has used his ministry to preserve me from false teaching as well as giving me a greater love for Jesus Christ and the truth. There is nothing more valuable than one person dead in their sin becoming alive in Christ. And we are truly humbled and grateful God uses knuckleheads like us. But we can't do it without your help. Would you consider and pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church? You can get all of the details you could ever need or desire on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local church 
Texas, it became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hermeneutics A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is gospel. The gospels are four complementary narrative accounts of the same story from a different perspective with a different emphasis. God delivers his timeless truth through a multitude of witnesses. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd has been out on the campus of Kennesaw State University today, and that's where we now return. Two Mormons and a Christian. Sorry for the clickbait. These are two gentlemen at Kennesaw State who are in from Utah and from Canada because you want to share the tenets of your faith. Correct, gentlemen? Correct. So you've given me a very limited amount of time. So here's the scenario. I approached you instead with a microphone. I've got a knife in the middle of my back. I am dying. I see you guys and I say, guys, I am terrified of death. What do you know that can help me when I go to meet my maker? You've got 30 seconds because I am bleeding out. Go. I mean, we believe that, that you'll be you'll be saved. We're all saved through through Christ, right? He died for us and you know, we'll be able to to be with, with him and God again. And you know, we'll try and help you as much as we can with that knife in your back so you don't die. But, Thank you. Uh, and you would say? Well, Todd, we, we would say that, you know, we, we know God has a plan for you. He loves you very much and that you know, this, this will be okay in the end, that things will, things will work out. And we know that God has a plan for you and he loves you and he wants what's best for you. So, okay. So then I'm, I'm curious, fellas, it sounded like you just said, I'm going to heaven. Is that correct? Even though you don't know what I believe about anything. Yeah. Well, we believe that everyone, right. We, we had this choice to come here to this earth, right. We believe that we, we lived with God before this life as spirits, you know, God gave us the opportunity to come here and we all chose to come here. So everyone that as around us chose to come here to this earth to be able to, to learn and grow. Okay, so if we're all going to heaven, why do you leave Canada? Why do you leave Utah and try to tell people about Mormonism? To bring people peace. I know that, you know, as I've been able to study about Christ and come closer to him through you know, Christianity, through the Bible and everything, I, I've felt so much peace. It's helped me live a better life here on this earth. And so our, our purpose as missionaries is to come out here and to help people live a more Christ-centered life and to help people come closer to him. Now, is there any version or concept of hell in Mormonism. So we believe in three kingdoms of glory, like it states in First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 40 through about 44, talks about different bodies, right, that we will have after this life, celestial, celestial and terrestrial bodies. And, you know, we believe in, in my sense, at least that, you know, these three kingdoms, right, if you are in this bottom kingdom, Todd, you know, and your, your family's in that top kingdom, right, and you can't be with them, would you feel like you're in hell down there, not being able to be with your family. So if I'm in the telestial level, what am I doing? You're there. You're there kind of by yourself if your family decides to make promises with God and end up in, in that higher kingdom of glory, right? That higher kingdom of glory is for those who, who have followed God, right? They've made promises with him through proper priesthood authority, right? And the second level is people who who have accepted Christ, right? But maybe they 
they decided not to really change. And that third level is for people that you know, maybe didn't accept Christ and also didn't want to change. Since God loves us so much, right, he still gives them the opportunity to be in, in a kingdom of glory. And is that an eternal state? Yes, that is an eternal so state. So when I die, it's fixed. I'm going to one level or the other. To, to an extent, I guess, we believe in, in something we call the spirit world, Todd. So the spirit world is kind of a resting place. It talks about this also in the, in the Bible. In First Peter chapter 4, I think it is. That talks about it. Talks about there's a, a waiting room, a resting room where before the resurrection, before the judgment, before we're judged and put into one of these three kingdoms, we go to this what we call the spirit world. And you know, I kind of like to refer to it as the, the spirit school. That's kind of how I like to think of it because when we're there, we're able to to learn and to continue to grow closer to God. And so if if we choose here on this earth, we have our agency. We have the choice to choose between good and evil. We also believe that you know God loves us so very much that He gave us kind of almost a second chance. He's given us so many chances here on earth, but even after this life on earth, in the spirit world, he's given us another chance to choose and accept him. We believe that we have that next chance. And then after the judgment, we, we will be sent to one of these three kingdoms. We'll be able to, to live in one of these three kingdoms of glory. So my status in these places is based on my behavior, correct? Is that what you just said? So to an extent, yeah. It's, it's, it's based on the behavior, the actions we make, and then also you know, just the, the desires of our hearts. I think that's really important to, to know is it's desires of our hearts, what we, you know, what we want here as people on this earth. If we want to, to live in that celestial kingdom, that highest kingdom of glory with, with Jesus Christ and God, then I think that is something we can, we'll be able to attain. But if not, then God's not going to force us to live with him. He, he loves us very much and he wants us to have that choice ourselves. Let's turn the tables for a second. I'm, I'm a Christian of the not Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints version. You guys, I don't know who you've been messing around with, but you both have knives in your back and you see me and you come running up to me and you say, we're scared, help. This is what I would say. You should be scared because God is a consuming fire and he's going to judge every thought, word, and deed. And you will be punished for your sins. But if you cast yourself this second on the mercy of Jesus Christ, who lived a perfectly righteous life, died a brutal death, taking the wrath of God upon himself, your sins will be forgiven. You'll be adopted into the family of God and you'll inherit everlasting life. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ right now. It's very true, right? We do need to believe in Christ. Right? He is the one who, who did suffer uh, for us and die for us. That's the most important thing we can do. That's our purpose out here is to help people build their faith in him and be able to, to rely upon him and his mercy and his merits to be able to come closer. To God. Guys, have you done a, um, a deep dive study into Christology? Do you know what that theological study is? Pretty, it's pretty intuitive. The, the early church went through a lot of councils about who Jesus is and how do we describe what we've got recorded for us in this book. And so ultimately it was concluded that Jesus Christ is fully God, fully man, eternally existing, not born or created, but mm -hmm. eternally existing. And the early church said that if you don't believe that, then you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. You've got to understand that he's fully God, fully man, not created. Does the Mormon church teach that Jesus Christ eternally existed? We believe that, that we all eternally existed. He didn't create matter. God organized matter, right? And he organized us to be able to be spirits and to be able to choose for ourselves, you know, whether we come down here and receive a body on this earth, right? And we believe that, that you know, Jesus Christ is, is a God, right? There's God the Father and there's Jesus Christ, his son. We believe that he is the literal son of God, right? All of us are, are sons and daughters of God, right? And then we believe that there is also the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, as many people refer to it as, right? We see him as three separate beings, 
but with one purpose in mind, right? Which is helping all of us come closer to God and reach our divine potential. I'm not certain, but I thought that Mormonism taught that Jesus Christ actually was birthed, was born, and came to this earth. Has something changed or am I just flat out wrong? So he, he was born. He, he was born and, and came to this earth and gained the body, but we, we know that he eternally existed, right? That's interesting because I've always, mm-hmm. I've heard something different about For Mormon sure, that okay. he didn't eternally exist. Mm-hmm. So that's good to hear. Yeah. All right. So guys, because you're watching your watch yeah, and you, and you got a scoop. I was just, just wondering, yeah, we do get going. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it's been awesome to, to talk to you, Todd. You said Christology. We'd benefit from doing a deeper study into that. Where, where are some places we can go? The Bible, is that you're kind of referring to as the Bible? Or where, well, where can we go further? Cer- certainly you can go to the more. Bible. If you really want to read about it, mm-hmm. uh, go read the Athanasian Creed. It's a longer one. You know, the mm-hmm. Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, they tend to be short. This one's kind of long, and it gets deep into who Jesus is. And this is what they concluded. And it, it's, it's pretty... Um, aggressive language sure. when it says you either understand Jesus like this or you're going to perish. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we used to talk like that, but I think Todd, I think the, the biggest thing, the you know, similarity between the, between all of us here is we're all trying to learn and we're all trying to grow closer to God and Jesus Christ. And so I will, I will definitely, is the Athanasian Athanasian creed. Athanasian. Yeah. yeah we, we will do our study into that. And we will we'll look into it because I'm not perfect. I'm 20 years old out here trying to learn about God and grow closer to him. So I want to do that. So I can, well, I'll do that. I'll start reading those, you know, reading into that and, and do what I can to come closer to him. That is, that is our goal. We're out here to help people come closer to Christ and to come closer to Christ ourselves. Just to leave you with this thought, guys, I think I'm pretty right about this, that, that the Mormon system demands your works, your labors, your efforts. The Christian position that I would present to you is all our labors, all of our deeds are like filthy rags, but... Christ is righteous and holy and just, and we go fully on his merits, not on the things that we do, but totally because of what he has done. So I think that's a distinction between us, that my my understanding is that y'all have to contribute to your salvation as opposed to the historic Christian position of no grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone. Yeah, we we believe, right, that we are are saved through through grace, right? Through Christ's mercy and merits, we are saved. We believe that we do have salvation, but what we what we are doing here on this earth is is finding our exaltation, right? Finding the the things that we can do to to come closer to God and end up in that that celestial kingdom with Him through proper authority, like Jesus Christ had and He is on the earth. Yeah. And so that's what what we try and try and do. We try and do the best we can to be able to to come closer to God and be able to closer to Jesus Christ. So a difference. I believe we get to go to the celestial kingdom because of Jesus totally, fully, despite what we've done, not because of what we've done. So a disagreement, I guess, ultimately between us. Yeah. All right. But we got along. There was no fighting. I appreciate your time, guys. I appreciate your time, too. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. Well, that wasn't planned. I promise. I did not expect that at all. After speaking with Hassan, a Muslim, in his first encounter, then Todd encounters here two very pleasant Mormons. I didn't expect it, I didn't plan it, but it does make me double down on the previous recommendation I made at the end of the last segment. Go to the Wretched Store at Wretched.org and pick up Drive-By Theology, Drive-By False Teaching, Conflict, and The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. Trust me, you'll thank me later. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.